Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G., always happy to be here, and always thankful to you, our amazing listeners who keep us going, who make this all happen, so thank y'all. This episode is one of three that we were fortunate enough to record in Memphis, Tennessee at the OAM Network Studios during the Memphis Comedy Festival. So big thanks to OAM and to Memphis Comedy Fest for making us sound fancy and taking care of us while we're there. This episode, this is our 10th episode, it's so crazy we're already at 10 episodes. This episode, we bring you stand-up Lauren Faber. I met her a few years ago through some shows she did in New Orleans, and really enjoyed this opportunity to sit down with her and learn more about her life. Because that's one thing about performers. We see each other all the time. New Orleans comics, I see them five to seven days a week. And I feel like, you know, we shoot the shit, we talk crap about each other, but we don't really sit down and get to know each other in this way. I feel like the closest I get to getting to know someone is when they start dating someone Jewish and they ask me for advice about their Jewish mother. This has actually happened to me three different times. My advice is always the same eat whatever she puts in front of you and you thank her. You lick that plate and you thank her for her food. And if you miss one morsel of that, you're probably out of the family forever. But that's why I like this podcast is, you know, we really get to know people in in a new way and in a deeper way. And it's so cool. Like with Lauren, I knew she was hilarious on stage. I've seen her on stage. She's great. But off stage, she's not only hilarious, but well-rounded, smart and creative. And it was so great to just see those sides of her come out. So we ready? We're going to get to it. Here's Lauren. I'm here with Lauren Faber, and we are here in Memphis for the Memphis Comedy Festival. Lauren, how you doing? Awesome. Before I start on my diatribes, how are you doing? Great. I got here four minutes ago, and I love it. Yeah, and you just drove for, what, like 50, 75 hours? (laughs) And I walked up, and Anthony Hamilton was playing, and I've never heard him in public. I'm like, this place knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, no, Memphis is a cool... Yeah, it's a cool spot. Seems like they have some music history here. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I got to take you to Beale Street. I don't know if we're going to have time, but you can't go to Memphis and not at least walk down. It's like going to New Orleans and not walking down Bourbon. You got to do it. I don't know what Beale Street is. Is it where Sun Studio is? Is It's near there. It's near there. No, Beale Street is basically like a bunch of bars and and music. They actually have a New Orleans bar there that I was at one time when I was here. And I'm like, why am I here? I live in New Orleans. Be of a place. Be of your place. But the difference is, see, Bourbon Street's 24 hours. Mm. Beale Street at, I think it's 2 a.m. or whatever time it closes the cops start at one point on Beale it's about five or six blocks and they like crowd control Street, just force and they you just out? walk down and push you out Goodness and, and then gracious. they and then they wash it with water to Rude. get it ready for the next day wow <laughs> just getting yeah. pushed out and watching them hose it behind you yeah they got a whole system though I mean but let's be honest like Bourbon Street is a 
vomit pit. I don't yeah. know. I didn't mean that, New Orleans. <laughs> I didn't mean that. No, that's the one. The one. You know, there's a, not a lot of jokes about Katrina. I won't say, but one of the things the French Quarter is actually above sea level, uh. so it, it didn't flood, and they were like the only thing Katrina did was clean it, <laughs> which is kind of true because yeah, it does. <laughs> sometimes it's like, what is that puddle? Don't step in it, it's and un- you see. Unclear. You see some drunk people, not avoid it. (laughs) Yeah. And then you feel bad, but you're also like, you did this to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But also I'm the one who would do it. But I would fall like (laughs) face first into it because I have no spatial awareness. I hope hope that never happens to you. (laughs) Ah, It probably has and will tonight. I don't know. Yeah. But I uh, actually met you, Lauren, uh, I was a little over two years ago in in New Orleans. Mm. I host the Greetings from Queer Mountain show and and you came down for a special event of that. And I just remember, I remember that show was so magical because it was, it was the first show that I had run that it was all people I didn't know. And so I, I didn't know what anyone was going to talk about. And usually our shows have a theme and the and the artists like are people I asked to do the show and they stick with the theme. And then because this was a special out of town one, we didn't have a theme and I didn't know anybody. And so I was like, oh, my God, how's this going to be? And everyone was amazing. Yeah. Who, just, who was the guy who was on at the end? Brandon Skinnell, the like redhead okay. dude. Yeah, I think I just saw like a time hop, except that doesn't exist anymore. But whatever <laughs> Facebook's equivalent is, that had his name. And Memories. I was like, there he is. And I Googled and I couldn't find him. Okay. He was incredible. Yeah, he, I think he's an actor now. Yeah. So maybe he's got an actor name or something. He doesn't want to be I think associated he's gonna, with yeah, our filth. He's yeah. going to be on some CW oh show or something. Like he's actually, yeah, I tell his jokes forth. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was, everyone was fabulous on oh. that show. And then I'm so, so excited when I saw that we're both going to be at this Memphis Comedy Festival. And I'm like, I actually know someone's name and yeah. I actually know she's cool. Festivals are just funny friend reunions and I love them. You do a lot of festivals? I do, more than I should. There's, there's no money in this. Or maybe yeah. it is for better people, but not me. I just keep doing them. Yeah, no, I I just did one in San Francisco and then Ugh. this one and last Sketch year. Fest? Uh no, it was a oh. Mutiny Radio Festival. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I, I did see that on your wall. I realized now I was creeping on you <laughs> and it sounds familiar. That's all right. I probably creeped on you before this to be like, "Oh, what's she been up to?" so I can ask about right. it because Is it creepy when we put it out there and beg you to look and, and request <laughs> that you like and follow us? I know. I'm like I have all public posts. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, I turn, I turn into my mom with the likes. Like my mom is someone like she'll post a picture of her food and then while we're still eating the food is checking for the likes. <laughs> I, and I and I'm like, "Oh, stop doing this, mom." And then I realize I do if I put a joke that I'm like, "This joke's funny." And I'm checking it every three to five minutes. Uh-huh. And you're like, it's been an hour and I only yeah. four likes. Shut it down. <laughs> no, Shut I know. I'm like, delete it. Didn't Change exist. My name. Didn't exist. That's a great, my mom is uh, terrible on Facebook because she has definitely been taken hook, line, and sinker by the Russian bots and uh, <laughs> sent me two I was two like, memes. terrible in that she's posting too much or terrible in that she doesn't know how to use it. And well, I blocked her and we don't speak anymore, <laughs> but a lot of it was because of <laughs> Facebook messages and memes. Yeah, no, she'd be like, did you hear that colleges all over the country are protesting for po- post-birth abortion and I was like you understand that that's not a thing right she's like oh yeah they want it I was like no one wants no post-birth one. that's, that's just, just murder yeah she's like yeah Obama <laughs> defended a hospital that just left a baby in a closet to cry itself to death and I was like Jesus mom Christ. no where, where are you reading this from Russia for sure <laughs> yeah for sure have you seen they've like the Department of Justice posted the ads and the tweets and the things that they've been putting out there and I know that they have brainwashed and stolen my mother but also yeah. she wasn't great to start with. But yeah. It's yeah. Cause I was like, parents go one or two ways. Like my mom, everything that she does, she wants me to like it or I didn't see it. And then everything I do, she likes it. And then she'll call me and be like, do you see that? I liked it. So there's this whole like <laughs> extra, you know, piece of it, but it's good. Cause it helps her like know what I'm doing uh-huh. in life. She also learned text, which I was scared about at first, but I like it. Cause she, oh. she uses it appropriately except the emojis, which I don't, I don't Those know. are hard. They're inscrutable. No, I think she just touches three of them and, and then moves forward. Those are faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my, my brother and my mom's boyfriend had very similar names, so my brother got a lot of sex. Oh. Uh, and it was terrible. 
Wow, that's I was like changing the name in the phone, bad. mom. It was real bad. Call him something else. Anything. Just literally call him anything. Son. Oh my god. <laughs> Make yeah. it show up somewhere else. <laughs> oh, it was woo. Yeah. yeah. No, was, but she's real Catholic, so they weren't very exciting, but they were just enough to be like, Oh God, mom, <laughs> no. You're like, God can read Come those. On. He God sees reads us. texts. He sees all. <laughs> God created texts and can read them all. <laughs> on the tenth day. God yeah. created SMS. Are you from, you're from one of the Carolinas, right? Yeah, I live in Durham, North Carolina. Okay, I thought it was north, but I didn't want to commit to that. Because <laughs> if, I, if I had said south, that might have been a bad... Well, it's like, which one's the crazy one anymore? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's a wash. I mean, South I'm Carolina has been there. in the news more, but... Has it? I mean, we had the HB2. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. For me, as uh, somebody who uh, reads uh, ambiguously gendered uh, in bathrooms, that was dicey. That yeah. was a dicey time. But I'm, I'm originally from New York and okay. Maryland, so I've only been in North Carolina for four years. I don't know why I feel the need to. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't know. I was, yeah. uh, you don't sound Southern, but not everyone does. Yeah. Born I, in New York? Born in New York on Long Island. When I was nine, I moved oh, uh, wow, to you, Maryland. Okay. So you don't have a Long Island accent because that, yeah, that's I moved a strong a, one. I moved at a critical time, <laughs> uh, but my mother has a, has a Brooklyn accent from where mm. she grew up. And it comes out once in a while, like when I'm tired or cursing or yelling or uh, when I worked at Starbucks and people would order like a Twol Mocha and I'd be like, ooh, that's tricky. Twol Mocha. We yeah. don't know what that is. <laughs> Stop yelling at a strange lady. Yeah, no, my dad's from Brooklyn and uh-huh. he has, I didn't know he had an accent until I was like 12 years old and someone told me and then all, and then all of a sudden like I could just hear, <gasps> hear it and I was like, holy shit, he says like Kanasi. <laughs> that's where my mom was from. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, fish, fish and water, right? Yeah. So why Maryland? What was the... That is where my father's father's tenements were that he moved to take over. Okay. After his various fraudulent enterprises <laughs> failed. This is fun. They don't listen or talk to me. No, it's yeah. my, my family's fine. got a history, too. My uncle used to buy businesses, and then when they failed, he would... Uh, my great-uncle, mm-hmm. not... <laughs> my uncle's like, I didn't fucking do that. <laughs> uh, but my great-uncle would then burn them down and collect the insurance money. Smart. Yeah, because back then, it was a lot of, you know, yeah. we didn't have all the technology where they're like, the origin of the fire is right here. Yeah, I mean, did you read about... That was probably the most definitive case where an innocent man was executed. No. Was, um, I think it was a, a father in Texas was uh, executed for killing his uh, kids in a house fire. Oh, shit. And, uh, and looking back at the fire evidence... It was almost definitely completely. We had, they had no idea. People were just going to be yeah. like, "Here's what I feel about how fire works." And yeah, it's like, that's not though. Because they don't. Yeah, they didn't have the science. Yeah. And so a man had so to sad. mourn his children whilst uh, waiting to be killed for it. Damn. This is fun. Did I warn you that all my facts are terrible? <laughs> I was like, you've just been driving for a while listening to NPR uh, podcasts. Someone heckled me <laughs> in the like, show no, and they were like, me. what is this, PBS? And I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's important stuff though. See, I didn't know about that. That's fucked up. And, well, and people should know about it. Should, yeah. Should they when they're not prepared for this to happen? I, this is why I don't do improvisational things usually because I need to edit a lot <laughs> of this out for everyone else's well-being. But here we are. It's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. So grew up in Maryland, nine till 18? Or yep. And then I went to college um, outside of Philadelphia at uh, Bryn Mawr College, a women's oh. college. Oh, surprise, surprise. Holy <laughs> I know, right? I remember reading in a book and they were like, same sex doesn't mean no sex. And I was like, oh, I'm going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Sign me up. It was great. Uh, and then I went to um, Penn in Philadelphia. So I was there for like seven years. And then I went to D.C., which is a garbage place. Sorry. And then I, I got recruited to the job that I have now in, uh, in North Carolina. So what did you go to school for? Undergrad was political science and economics, focusing on development in North and East Africa. And then my graduate degree is in um, urban planning with concentrations in public-private development and community and economic development. And what do you do now with that? <laughs> well, I'm a research manager for a development economist who does um, randomized control trial evaluations of development interventions uh, centered on 
maternal health and microfinance and uh, gender and transportation access um, in the developing world. So she's very cool. Okay. Can you break down like an example of, <laughs> like that was a lot of, a lot of words, a lot um, of pieces, like an example of like, this is, we study this yeah. or we do research on this. So her most famous one she's been doing, I think since about 2007, we're um, applying for funding to go back and do a follow-up, but Bangladesh had a big problem with child marriage and they passed a law uh, prohibiting it, but it was still kind of going on. So they set up like a five arm experiment where they had um, an empowerment training that Save the Children Bangladesh was doing for young girls. So they um, gave some people that, they gave some people that, and um, a financial training, and then they gave some people that financial training and cooking oil, $37 worth a year, which is what they have estimated is um, the marginal increase in dowry when you delay a girl's marriage by a year. Oh, wow. And then some people they just gave the cooking oil and some people they gave nothing. And pretty much only the people who got the cooking oil actually delayed marriage. Oh, wow. So even with the, all the information, it didn't... Yeah. So we talk about empowerment a lot, but sometimes it really is just kind of dollars and cents, and the family has to make that choice yeah. for their kids. And almost all of these parents really want their daughters to go to school, but it's just not something they can do financially. So, But now we have a group of girls where we have exogenously changed their marriage age, because we know that people have different outcomes when they marry later, their kids are healthier, all these things, but we don't know if there are reasons why their kids are healthier that are also why they got married later. So now we can look and see, having just changed that, how does that play out over their whole yeah. life? Well, that's interesting. I yeah. didn't realize too, child marriage is apparently a huge problem in America. Yep, yep, Which yep. I'm happy a lot of stuff is coming out about that and some people <laughs> are actually trying to change their laws. Yeah, I, I feel like the headlines about the Kentucky thing have been a little bit unfair because the argument that I saw was the law was changing about who gets to decide whether a 16 or 17 year old gets married. And up until now it's been parents and they want it to be judges. Oh. But they give an example of a girl who had gotten married at 13, but a judge made that choice, and judges would still be in charge of that. Yeah, I read a story about a girl in Florida, and she was 10, um, and got uh, was uh, assaulted and got knocked up, and was from a it was a, a pastor mm-hmm. bishop, and so the mom was like, "Oh, just marry him." He was, I think, 19 or 20. Oh. Um, and the first judge, they went to a judge. The judge said no. And they just went to another judge. Found judge shopping. Yeah, That's they went neat. judge shopping, and, and they didn't write that down. They didn't stamp mm, that. No, mm. no. This was, you know, uh, maybe 20, 30 years ago. But I was just like, okay, so that might not be be a solution. But at least there's conversations happening around that. Yeah, I, I understand parents wanting to not have the state in between them and their children. Yeah. But also, we cannot assume that parents have the best interests of their children at heart in all cases. Yeah. For instance that one yeah no and that i'm not going to get into that story because we're, we're here to have a podcast and talk about your life yeah, but sorry. uh if you Someone do look it up was, it's yeah. pretty fucking bad it's uh, uh it's rough yeah the world is terrible do you talk about your job uh, in comedy <laughs> can you do that and stand I, I i work at a nonprofit. i help uh, low-income people who are being evicted mm-hmm. um and being otherwise screwed over have you by read that book evicted? Uh, no i haven't it's a nightmare but yeah that's yeah. wonderful I did a BYO stories um, when that came out about eviction, and I felt I felt like a shitbag doing it because they wanted. They're like, "Oh, you are advocate for people," but I'm like, "These aren't my stories, and I don't have a story that I feel is fair to share." And it mm-hmm. was just very, yeah, I was very torn about that. Yeah, it's strange um, when you're like, "You can speak for people," and I'm like, "Also, they can speak probably." Yeah, I'm like, I would that. prefer if they would do that themselves. <laughs> yeah. But I was also like, "But this is good. You're getting information out to people that need the information." It, there's always the right. uh, up and down. Yeah. Am I am I gonna just shut down this thing that would yeah. be informative if I'm not the ideal messenger? 
Yeah, what do you do? Enemy, what is it? Don't <laughs> let the perfect be the enemy of the good? Or take it to the comedy stage. I don't know. <laughs> it's, people don't. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback where people are like, That's, um, that sounds like a one-woman show, so please stop retelling <laughs> Genesis Chapter 19. Everyone's weirded out. And I'm like, that's really fair. Yeah. That's very fair. Like, um, I appreciate the honest feedback. <laughs> thank you. Um, I talk about it a little bit. I've struggled with it because I think rightfully so. People are like, I don't really want to hear you, white lady, tell me about poverty in Africa. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, valid. <laughs> but usually I talk about just how stupid I am. Um, and, how, and how dumb I was when I was a, a sex ed teacher in rural Tanzania. Oh, wow. Went real bad. When was that? That was the summer of 2005. I had just, like, gotten some money from my college. They just gave it to me. They're like, you should probably go help people. And I was like, I don't know how to do anything. And they were like, don't worry. Yeah. So I Googled summer in Africa and just <laughs> showed up to teach sex ed. And um, as you can see, I clearly don't know how to operate a condom. Um, and that is, <laughs> that is pretty central. Um, it, was t- it was real bad. It was... <laughs> There's a lot of mixed messages getting Ooh, out there. Those kids were, they had some great questions too. You're like, that's a great question. Were you one of those? Yeah. That's a great question. Wow. Well, one of them was like, if a mosquito bites somebody with AIDS and immediately bites me, will I get HIV? And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Yeah. And the, they had, there was a translator in the room who taught this class over and over again. And there were times when I'd just give like a two word answer and he would talk for five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. Yeah. Why don't you just take it away, bud? Um, but yeah, he was like, do you want to explain how HIV and mosquitoes work? And I was like, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to go have a nap. Yeah, and then um, also translate it back to me. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, like I'm not sure how concerned I should be. So that was pretty useless. That was very disheartening because I, I had planned kind of to go into the Peace Corps uh, after school. And that was like a little warm up. And I was like, oh, this is like, I don't want to undermine what people in the Peace Corps do. I think it's very difficult. It's probably more difficult than it needs to be because I think people are kind of under-resourced and there doesn't seem to be enough to keep the things that people who have been on the ground for two years see as a need and develop something to meet. They kind of leave and hope the person after them takes over and sometimes it doesn't necessarily happen. So maybe not the Peace Corps, but I think what I was doing definitely was like, you know, just like poverty tourism was like, hey, come help. You're not actually qualified to help, but we'll let you pretend because you paid us money. And it was sad. (laughs) And I was reading a book by William Easterly just about how useless development professionals are and this guy saw me reading it and he was like oh like what should we do about our country and I was like just don't ask people who look like me don't listen to anything we have to say we're not we're not helpful we're not here we don't know what's going on we don't know how to fix it we have very stupid solutions that would work where we're from and we don't know what we're doing at least you're saying that because a lot of people are like I know what everyone else should do (laughs) I read a study and it's going to be this (laughs) I skimmed through a listicle on and uh, I was BuzzFeed (laughs) there was I wish I, I wish I could find, I can't remember the article, but there was something essentially where, it might have been the Canadian Development Agency, went into a place and they were like, you guys need more protein, we're going to set up cattle, we're going to make this happen for you. Dairy, we're going to, and there was a whole thing about grazing rights, because it just wasn't something that was part of their culture and, and their uh, legal history, and it was kind of catastrophic, and then uh, come to find out the whole island was uh, lactose intolerant. Oh, fantastic. That was a real bad Not idea. helpful at all. Terrible idea. Yeah. Terrible idea. Good intentions. Yes. Terrible idea. Yeah, we don't ask people enough. People generally know what yeah. they need. And they'll tell you. They'll say cooking oil. Yeah. Or yeah. And there's or $37. Or yeah, there's a group. I can't. I wish I could remember what their name is. But they're like, we will give. It used to be 10. It might be $100,000 now. But like, we will give you $100,000 if you can prove anything that is more effective than just giving people money. And that has not really happened yet. Because people know what they need. Yeah. And if they know you've shown up to give them lemon balm trees and you ask them what they want, they'll be like, oh, lemon balm trees for sure. Yeah. Can I have all of them? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it seems efficient. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. So what got you into comedy? <laughs> I, uh, it seems I like a different path, you know, because I know for me, like, I like the break of, like, I do a lot of serious shit all day, and sometimes 
my day fucking sucks because there's no justice sometimes in uh-huh. the system and you know it's just this you're around this the system that you're kind of putting a band-aid on temporarily but you can't fix it and you're just in it and you see it and then it's like then I go to a comedy show and I have this reverse you know kind of thing and mm-hmm. I love I, I need that that's like an out one of the outlets I have yeah besides drinking unfortunately <laughs> which is less great um, yeah, but it makes me feel real good. Right, <laughs> so fast, so yeah, fast. Yeah, oh. and just so happy. Just yeah. I'm a smiley, bubbly drunk. Yeah, and you know what? Tomorrow me is going to be sad. Yeah. And that's, that's on them. They need to manage I mean, their it, neurotransmitters. It's all going to be there tomorrow. Right? Yeah. No, uh, it's um, it's tough. I was going through papers, and I found that in first grade, I wrote down that when I grew up, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Damn. Which begs the question, like, why was I alone watching comedy <laughs> in a basement? Who gave me access to HBO? That was probably unwise for a child. I would do Ellen's sets like outside of the classroom and, and they didn't work. And I, and I don't 100% blame Ellen. That might have been a little bit me. But yeah, that was w- what I always wanted to do. But I think I generally wasn't encouraged uh, to dream too much. I, I wanted at one point to be either um, a geologist or an Egyptologist. And my mother was like, what are you going to do? Just dig in the dirt and never find anything? And I was like, oh. Oh my God, is this like a lesbian thing? I wanted to be, well, I wanted to be a paleontologist, but I would uh-huh. tell everyone I wanted to be an archaeologist because I didn't know the fucking difference. Right. But I had this little outfit and it was like these little uh, canvas shorts mm-hmm. and I had a little compass that fit mm-hmm. on my, I had a belt and it fit on my belt buckle mm-hmm. and I thought I was so fucking cool and I had a shirt that had like the pyramids on it oh, and yeah. it was a polo. It, like, I, nice. I loved it. And my, my mom loved it because I would go, I'd be interested in the Natural History Museum and the La Brea Tar Pits and like all that stuff was so, and she's like, my kid wants to learn shit. This is great. And also like wants a career. This is great but well then I actually watched a documentary of a dig and they have it's just like a, a paintbrush essentially and yeah. it's like hours and hours and I couldn't even watch the whole thing and I was like that's not what I had in mind yeah I, I understand now that they they do dig in places where they have good reason to believe things will be and they do some you know sonar or something something ground penetrating I don't know what and find things but yeah it's very the thing is, I think any job is, is extremely tiny steps, and I am very impatient for all of those things to happen. Yeah. Because in my job, it's like, oh, so we're going to do this thing for 10 years. We may have a conclusion. That conclusion may reach people, and it may change things. And I'm like, I am very, I need, I need yeah. like, quick feedback, like a laugh right now after I say something. So that's what you get from comedy. Yeah. So, so I think I... So comedy is the, pay, the quick payoff. I, I guess, but often it's not. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like sometimes it puts you in a... Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's real feast or famine. Yeah, I, I watched comedy kind of obsessively through like third, fourth grade. And then I think I came to know that it wasn't going to happen for me. And I think it, it became too painful almost to watch comedy. So I stopped. Like I haven't watched comedy in like Why did you decide or why years. was that realization happening? I think I understood how unlikely it was. I think as a kid you don't understand that there are artists who are just doing it every day and getting there. And if you put in the work for long enough and you're not awful as an artist or two people, you'll get places. Like Chris Rock talked about like you shouldn't do comedy unless you'd be happy doing comedy on a teacher's salary. Yeah. And there are people who can do that. They're not all Ellen. And I knew I wouldn't be Ellen. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to do something reasonable, like be a lawyer or a forensic pathologist. That was a thing for a while. I became kind of, I think my dad was like a little bit of an entrepreneur in a, in a horrifyingly risky way. So the idea of just like going out on your own and taking a chance did not appeal to me. Okay, he's like a shark tanker or before shark tank. <sighs> but like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll say that. Yeah, his business at one point was uh, legal credit repair, where you um, just write to the credit agencies enough times 
and eventually they'll fail to verify something within 30 days and then it's off your credit report and you just do that for years and then your credit report's clear yeah but people need that yeah i feel like if it's got legal in the title it might not be you know? <laughs> um, yeah well there's sometimes issues with that <laughs> yeah he, he's just somebody who didn't uh, want to have a boss and that's there's you know trade-offs but also rewards to that and i very much need constant external motivation or i will not get out of bed so i needed yeah. somebody to be like that's a you did a great job lauren Thank you so much for showing up for today. <laughs> yeah, no, and with comedy too, it's like you have a show, so you have to prepare. <sighs> like, you have to prepare for that show. Yeah, it's the only ready. time. There are people I know who write, who get up every day and write. They spend hours. They're disciplined. Yeah, and I'm just like, ugh. I think about seen it. This thing I think a lot. about writing. If I get like two good tweets, which means like two people liked them uh, in a day, that's a good day. Crushed it. Yeah. Crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have a group that I would go and write with, and there was a and there was a coach, and he was like a PhD in religion, and just was so incredibly insightful just about the world and humanity and and you could be fumbling around a concept and he'd be like here's what's here's what you see and here's what's weird and let's go with that and I'd be like thank god and I kind of haven't written anything since he stopped coaching me and that was a while ago so I got to get to work yeah yeah get out there where, where did you first do stand up I what city? uh in Durham I yeah I started when I was 30 finally after deciding it was my goal at four and a half, um, I got it together at 30. It's a time when you're like, wait a minute, is this the life I wanted? <laughs> I assumed things would be happening at 30, and they're not. So let's reevaluate. I had just moved from um, D.C. to uh, Durham for a job, and my uh, girlfriend at the time was supposed to move with me when the summer was over. And I like went to get the U-Haul, and she was like, yeah, actually, no. And I was like... <laughs> Holy shit, a lesbian okay. turning down a U-Haul. What? <laughs> um, Never so heard yeah. of this before. So I was like, okay, so I live in a state where I know zero people, and I'm about to enter a world of hurt, so I need to get busy. And I signed up for a stand-up class, a drawing class, and a gardening class. And I dropped the drawing class. I spent a lot of money putting in a bunch of raised beds um, and planted <laughs> nothing. And then I kept doing stand-up. Okay, I was like, gardening's a good way, you know, I, th I, I think it attracts the ladies, I don't know. <laughs> a, a lot of lesbians garden that I've found. Look at all like, my vegetables, yeah. I know, I'm like, I don't care how much mint you can grow, I'm sorry. <sighs> Apparently there are microbes in the soil that are supposed to make you happy. I believe we're supposed to be touching the ground. People say it, and I'm like, all right, that feels true. I'll, I'll just believe you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I gotta, like, I gotta go out there and weed <laughs> yeah, all the time? Yeah, it's hot. That's a lot of everyday tiny things, that I, I don't do those. I'll yeah. do a massive gesture, and then I'll take a nap for a few days. So gardening I, yeah. is not for me. I used to have this house with this, like, really big yard, and my friend, my friend who's a lesbian, was like, oh, my God, you could do this and this. And I was like, if you want to come to my house and do whatever, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to maintain it. Mm -mm. So when you drive by the house and it's all dead. That's on you. Uh, yeah. You did this it's, to those plants. It, like, unless it naturally rains and just takes care of itself, it's not happening. Yeah. The one thing I did plant was I went and I got some hairy vetch seeds, which is a, um, a great cover crop in the off season and uh, it, I think it fixes nitrogen so when you're ready to plant a, a few days or weeks before you'll just turn it over and put it under and it'll it'll decompose and make your soil better so I hairy vetch yeah okay why did I pick that like, one I don't know hmm. I was like there's a joke there right. three I don't know <laughs> uh so I planted it and then just forgot about it and then I went out one day and it was like three feet high and just a like a sleeping beauty like viney nightmare and i was like all right well that you own that now that's yeah. yours <laughs> you're like you did that that's this for you and then it just spread and that's everywhere supposed to make you feel good to, to maintain it nope no yeah, i let it be free i yeah. said there's like a beautiful photo shoot happening behind us oh i'm deeply distracted wow yeah we're in like a shopping mall right yeah. now um i think it's a shopping mall it's an indoor shopping mall and there's windows all around us which is really cool we'll probably put some pictures up and show it yeah. but it used to be macy's i hear oh really 
Yeah, so there was this, this was massive a, behemoth Jesus. of a building that yeah. was then vacated and left to be like a black hole for development. And someone did a wonderful adaptive reuse that I would like to read about because it seems like a great Yeah, space. no, it's really it's a really cool space. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw some pictures up on the yeah. uh, Sorry, everyone, Facebook page. Yeah, as, I'm yeah. always bad at that where I'm like, I can see you right now and <laughs> the shirt you're wearing. And Crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Hold on. This is not the, <laughs> the right conversation <laughs> to be having. Do you remember your first set? Yes. Yeah, I remember the first... Well, yeah, so I took a stand-up class, and the first thing was to get up and, like, talk about something. And I, I talked about running away from a child in Delhi who wouldn't stop trying to shine my shoes, but I was wearing flip-flops. It was so frustrating. <laughs> and I was like, I came here to help, and I'm, like, yelling at a child and running through a mall. Um, in flip-flops. Yeah. So I never told that story again because that's <laughs> not appealing. But the first show I got, like, booked on was I told the story of my, um, my high school crush. And it was for a theme, the, it was a Halloween show, and the theme was spooky. And they were like, hey, your story would be great. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> but yes. Like, this was an important moment in my love life, but spooky, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Told that story. Told that for a while. And uh, I've stopped telling it because oh. it's, 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 a, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. I but could, spooky. Yeah. I, was, I looked for a lot of little ways to kind of just thoughtfully let her know that I was like paying attention to things that were important to her. So I knew she liked one specific flavor of uh, shock tarts. That terrible candy. So Yeah, I remember. So I went home with like 10 rolls, and I made a roll that was all blue that you could not <laughs> tell had been opened, which oh. is a little weird. Yeah. Also, I would I would swipe her car keys out of her coat and, and have my friend who had a license move her car around the parking lot. So when we left a yearbook together, we could all have a giggle when her car was gone, <laughs> which I thought was like fun. But really, just, you all put I was, a lot of thought into this. It was all I did. Yeah, um, so you could have just bought her flowers and gone for it, but... Oh, that was never going to happen. You're like, I'm, take, I'm doing the slow play. Yeah, I mean, I did leave a dozen purple roses in her locker on her last day of school because purple in um, Victorian flower language is the color of lamentations. So I did that. <laughs> you thought those through. Yeah, it was like all I was telling her was that like nothing yeah. in her life was safe for me. There was nowhere she could hide. And you like different color, every color of the rainbow. You got something for yeah. her. You got the purple flowers. You got the blue, blue shock mm -hmm. tarts. I don't know what color her car was. but Black. Yep, another color. It was a uh, Volkswagen Passat. License plate DTR nine one. Dear, yeah. spooky, right? Yeah, yeah. I've learned, I think, to not do that anymore. No, that's hard though. When you have, was that your like first big crush? Yeah, or, yeah. Well, I, my first, it was either uh, Judy Garland or Audrey Hepburn. But my first live yeah. one was yeah, was Real this life. poor gal, <laughs> and, not passed away. And I did not acknowledge to myself what it was at all, because I would say like, "What do you want to kiss her, you weirdo?" And I was like, "Well, no, gross." <laughs> And I remember stopping and being like, are you a lesbian? And I was like, well, I don't have a shaved head. I don't wear leather. And I've never been on a motorcycle. So obviously not. Yeah, clearly this is not what's happening right I'm here. I'm a normal person. I'm just very intrigued by this lady. Yeah, and very attentive to her needs for yeah. blue shock tarts. God, I took her to New York twice for my birthday. You were in high school? Yeah. Wow. Why? I really, I really need to talk to her. Like, why, yeah. why did she go? Are you at least Facebook friends with her now? Do you still talk to her? We are Facebook friends. We don't talk. When I first friended her, I sent her a message, and I was like, sorry, it was kind of weird. Remember, I was kind of in love with you. Um, and she sort of just didn't acknowledge it. And I was like, you, you, you knew, though, right? Are you just being very polite and not talking about how weird it was? That's or, nice. You're very yeah. kind. But I deeply want to know what that was like for you yeah the other end of that because yeah. you were knee deep in it and you're like oh she probably thinks i'm so cool and taking her to new york i'm doing all this shit oh no i knew <laughs> i knew she still went with you she yeah. felt safe enough to go to another state with you i think she just saw like how <laughs> sad i was Aww. and was like what a nice 
I can do this. <laughs> I, I would I would love to have like heard the conversation with her mother. Her mother's like, just do this for her. <laughs> she was like, all right. But I found a card that she wrote me recently for my birthday, and it was so sweet and kind and good. And my girlfriend was like, oh, you would tell this creepy story about stalking a girl when she was your friend and she cared about you. What's the matter with you? And I was like, mm, I don't know. It's hard, too, because I don't know. Were, were you from, like, a gay-friendly place? Did you? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, okay. certainly not my family. Harford County, Maryland. Uh, it was, you know, it wasn't the worst. Because, like, where I w- grew up, like, there was just no gay people, like, male or female. Like, there was yeah. no gay people, so you just weren't that. So I, I realized, too, I, not as to that extent, but, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I had some friends that I would, do extra things for and, mm-hmm. and want to hang out with all the time and remember it, everything they ever told you oh yeah I kept all this I, I don't keep it anymore I'm, I'm a hoarder in a lot of ways but uh-huh. I've learned to get rid of stuff I used to keep every card yeah. I would like have a, a board you know where we went to the movies together yeah like, like, you had a calendar that recorded your magical moments right yeah, of yeah. course mine was a Natalie Portman wall calendar and I wrote <laughs> down every day she said something nice about me Oh, okay. Because I'd be on the phone for some reason like every night with her mother with her mother I, God, I don't know I just like <laughs> Yeah, a real long play where I you're like, I'm going to get in my with the way mom. into the family. Yeah, like she was on Varsity Lacrosse and I was on JV, so we had to sit on the hill and watch. And I would just like play with her little half siblings and then get invited to their beach house, but she wouldn't go. It was so weird. Oh, God, it was awful. <laughs> it was so <laughs> I think there's a lot happening here. Ooh. Like maybe her family wanted to replace her with you. No way. Well, one time she was like, if I heard her in the background when I was on the phone with her mom, and she was like, if you like her so much, why don't you adopt her? And I was like, please, <laughs> take me away. <laughs> I think people have just seen me as this just like raw, open wound of need and like just, just a font of devotion for anyone who will be kind to me. And they're like, come here, come no. here. You're great. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, I know why you're saying that. And they're like, because you don't. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. They're like, we, we know you need to hear this right now. Yeah. So when did you come out? Like, uh, and I know it's a loaded question. Uh-huh. So I always preface this. I'm sure people on the podcast are like sick of it. But like, there's a lot of different coming outs. There's the like to yourself mm-hmm. and then there's actually coming out and actually telling someone hey I like you as more than a friend and then on stage Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like on stage from jump you were already (laughs) out there was no denying it um, if you've seen my haircut Um, (laughs) yeah well so coming out to me um, I had a best friend um, throughout all of high school and it was just the two of us um, CJ and I and um, senior year people were like oh you guys should be cutest couple and I like laughed about it and he was like why are you laughing and I was like because and he was like well, he was like we should go out and I was like I uh, don't want to do that and I was like I just really don't want to risk our friendship with you know yeah. something like that that's you know hot one minute and over and then we'll hate each other and he was like it wouldn't I was like eh. and then I think it was in that conversation I was like oh also I've been kissing my best friend for like a month and that probably is something that I can't do and date someone else <laughs> you're like wait a minute huh. there's this other thing over here and he was like I can't believe you throw away our friendship on some fling and I was like how dare you and we didn't talk for a while. And he, like, went a little crazy. And then we met up again in the Barnes & Noble parking lot, which is where you went to hang out. Of course. In Bel Air, Maryland, because there was nothing else. And uh, he was like, are you still doing that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, I'm gay. And I was like, oh. And it was just this, like, click, 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 click. Yeah. And I was like, right. Because I told my mom I wanted to be a boy when I grew up. And that got me a mistake. And I was just be a man. And that time I saw me clip during Lolita and Kate Winslet and Natalie Portman and Judy Garland. And oh uh, yeah Ooh, and me all too. the flashes just coming right me too right through your head so i had this magic moment where the moment i found out i was gay my best friend also was so that was exceptionally wonderful so and it I, took him coming out to you for you to actually take a look at yourself and be like yeah because i had moments sense. where i was like you are gay and i was like nah and i was like dealt with that um <laughs> but yeah that it was a it was well, gonna was be a close okay one. <laughs> yeah 
Good thing I don't have a motorcycle. But coming out, out, uh, it was the day of my high school graduation party. That happened mm, senior year, and then this was like probably six months later. Yeah, it was a Sunday. I was at church, and uh, we ran into my aunt, and she's a loose cannon. And she just kind of saw my mom, and she was like, that Ellen, I let her do anything to me. And my mother was like, ugh. And then my aunt turned to me, and she's like, what about you? And I thought this was like going to be a real, like, don't worry, mom, it's cool. But what I started to say was like, mm, she's kind of too masculine for me. And then I realized that that was the wrong. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. And I like fell off the sidewalk. And my aunt was like, uh-huh, interesting. And I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't do this. So after my party, when everyone had kind of gone home, um, I talked to my two aunts about being sad and just lots of things and figuring this out. And they were like, oh, my God, that's why you don't get along with your mom. Because you think she's not going to accept you. So you've made her into this monster in your head. And if you would just tell her this, you guys be so close and I was like I don't think you understand at all so they were like they just took her upstairs and they're like we're gonna tell her if you don't and I was like please damn don't they just moved this. right along that's yeah. not a slow play no so I sat next to my mom on the bed and I was like remember when I was eight and I said I was supposed to be a boy and she was like what are you a man and I was like no I'm gay and she threw the pillow at my face said that was disgusting and ran out of the room and my aunts were like, what? And I was like, I could have told you. <laughs> so they like calmed her down and I went to my dad and I was like, yeah, P.S. I'm gay. And he was like, yeah, I figured. I'm kind of relieved that you won't date a guy on a motorcycle. And yeah. I was like, what's with the motorcycle? That's how my dad was. He's like, this saves me a lot of dad things I had to do. Yeah. Check those off the, yeah. off the list. He was just like, well, how do you know you wouldn't enjoy being with a man since you never tried it? And I was like, how do you know? And he was like... <laughs> all right have a have a good life yeah have a he's good like one. Well, this is the end of this conversation yeah. we're not okay. going there mm -hmm. and we're not going there and I that's your okay point, and we're not going to discuss it yeah is your mom religious your parents <gasps> religious my dad is not at all my mom is super religious catholic yep so there have been times when she's like do you, like do you think i don't want to accept you i just can't because then my soul goes to hell and so does yours and i can't have that and i was like <sighs> i was like we can talk about the bible because i don't think that's what it and says and the catholic church it has its own issues but I, ah, I've never felt it was fair to impugn the faith based on the failings of human beings. I think we can uh, talk about the failings of the structure that protects people, about the elevation of priests, that they're able to have this much power over people, because that never does anything but make you evil. So yeah, it's bad news. Yeah, I struggled for a long time to reconcile it in a way, because I feel like I was just watching when Ellen came out and she was on Oprah, and someone was like, look, you seem like a nice lady, but I just can't, what you're doing is against the Bible, and I can't say it's okay. And Oprah's comeback was like, lots of people sin, so leave her alone. And I was like, all right, yes. But I also don't feel like that addressed that issue, which I think we need to address. Yeah. I truly don't, I truly deeply don't think there's anything wrong, inherently wrong about it. And I spent a lot of time in the Bible. And I, there's a book, What the Bible Really Says About Homosexuality by Daniel Helminiak, who I believe was, it, it was or is a Jesuit priest. Or I wouldn't say Jesuit. And... It's not the case. John Boswell wrote a whole history of it, and we sort of didn't condemn it until like 1200. It's, we've, we feel that it has always been true, and we've always known it was wrong, and now like modernity is taking apart everything that holds society together. And it's like, no, yeah. no, we just invented that. And it's well, wrong. It's, you know, you can look at the Bible, and I'm not a big Bible person, mm -hmm. um, but you can look at it. I feel like, any, like most things in there, you can find uh, the actual like opposite in another section of the Bible, you mm -hmm. know? Like, there is, like, you shouldn't lay with, you know. Yeah, it, a man shall not lay with a man as, would, as with a woman, which is in Leviticus, which is the holy laws that are specific to the covenant uh, with Israel, which, as anyone who's Christian who is not kosher knows, we do not stick with those rules anymore. And they served a very specific historical purpose for a, 
isolated tribe in the desert. And we talk about abominations, and they're like, it's an abomination. And it's like, well, so were other things. So yeah. it was like wearing mixed cloth. And people will say, well, obviously there's a difference. And I'm like, well, obviously you see a difference, but... You don't get to pick and choose. It's a ritual. That's what it always comes down to. It's the the picking and the choosing and then the interpretation in whatever favor Mm -hmm. or whatever light you need it to. And even the language, as you would with a a woman, could mean what sex is. And it could also mean, you know, what is your nature? Because there was no concept of a homosexual then. There was like your job is to procreate and pass on your herds and your land. Because you died at like 25. Like you didn't have a lot of fucking time to <laughs> Well, uh, to actually it was, it was a lot of infant mortality. But people did live a long time. But a lot of people died young. So when you average that out, this is boring. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot about nature. And it's like, what is nature? Is it what occurs in nature? Because almost every species we've seen gay in. Is it uh, what God intended? And it's like, how do you know? Or is it what one's nature is? And if your nature is to lie with a man, then you're not lying with a man as you would with a woman. You're lying with a man. But even Sodom and Gomorrah, like, that's the big one. Because not only is that saying homosexuality is bad, it's saying that if homosexuality is happening in your city, all of you will be firebombed. And your neighbor. Yeah. So this whole, like, well, the reason troops are dying or the reason there's, like, an earthquake is because of queers in New York. Yeah, when Katrina happened, they were like, well, New Orleans is, like, the... The, the, de- the devil's in New Orleans like out of all of Louisiana like that's where Satan is and that's where all this blasphemy is happening and that's what happens to them and it's then it, then some shit happens there's a flood in Baton Rouge and they're mm-hmm. all conservative there and then you know it's a and and then they don't have the same yeah thing to say about that and no we're not like look at this. oh you yeah. know look at what you're doing there it's just it, it gets so fucked up but you have, do you have siblings I have a younger brother yes okay and he's cool? he's a god he's a he's a he's the most wonderful human being I know he cool. came around he was a teenage boy and yeah. said some stuff early on that he didn't think about and I was like oh no I don't want to tell you I'm gay now because you're gonna remember that you just said that but he's an angel he's perfect I love him yeah and he probably I know when I was a kid I definitely repeated things that other people told me without really understanding what the fuck they were I said stuff yeah oh I still yeah I used to yeah we used to oh you're that's so gay and Uh it it wasn't a nice thing I miss it (laughs) (laughs) because I yeah I I held on to it longer than I should have because I was like no I literally mean that that movie sex with movies of the same sex that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. that's what i meant <laughs> wouldn't yeah. let it go i missed it so you've been traveling around doing comedy a lot yeah uh yeah doing some fests um where have i been i haven't done any in a bit this is fun that i can't recall them at all <laughs> yeah i've uh yeah new york new orleans washington portland knoxville now memphis baltimore who cares? Yes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Is it, is your goal to be a stand-up comedian, like to have a special like Ellen on HBO, to have a show like Ellen, to do something not Ellen? Yeah. To I write, mean, to... What, if someone was like, do you want to be the next Ellen? I would say absolutely. <laughs> Here's my soul and like both of my feet. Um, I'm not using them. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why you're offering your feet. You just whatever, just, just whatever. Just your it. soul should be sufficient. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> like, uh, I got a subpar soul, let's be honest. I would love that. I don't know that I am in a position or prepared uh, to do the things that would be necessary. You know, all the like noon shows at a college that no one knows are happening or just living on the road and doing terrible things. Because my partner has a little girl and I'm in the fall starting a master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I don't know that that particular thing is my end goal. I don't necessarily want to be in a writer's room. I think that I want to do <laughs> a little more PBSE, TED Talky kind of stuff. I wanna. I was conservative for a very strangely long amount of time. Oh, really? Like I was a gay Catholic Republican till the end of. I made it through almost all of four years at a women's college. 
still as a Republican. How was that? Interesting. Were you like active, like in, in groups and protesting and doing all that shit? Or were you just like in your room on the internet reading this <laughs> shit and anonymously commenting? I wasn't, I wasn't active in that way, but I would kind of argue gently with my friends. Because I think I'd grown up in an area where it was kind of democratic, but sort of unquestioningly. Because I think what we're seeing, especially now, is that people don't have to defend their beliefs too often to people who disagree with them. We don't really have those conversations. And when we do, they're just like No, we just block everyone from Facebook. Yeah. So I think there are people who have the right idea, but can't back it up. And I think that's problematic because then people feel like they pwned a liberal and it's like, no, you didn't. This is not. Um, (laughs) So my general feeling was like, I felt that I, you know, in my heart wanted everyone to be doing well, but I thought that a lot of uh, things were not helpful, like welfare holds people back and blah, blah, blah. And I uh, don't believe, well, there are problems with the system, but uh, I think they're greatly overblown. And um, that the facts, I, I thought it was facts versus heart. And I think that's a lot of people who think that. But I don't think that the facts <laughs> align with most of what the current Republican Party wants to do. Even John McCain's Republican Party. I loved him very much, but I was obsessed with Barack Obama. So I think that I may have an ability, I think my comparative advantage might be communicating across this divide that is so cavernous right now. Because you understand both sides of it. Yeah. So, so you were out and gay, but also conservative and still Catholic. considering yourself Catholic. I still, I kind of wanted to be a nun until like 27, which is weird. So I found a way to exist in that space and hold the, those things in my head. I don't think that's as weird as you think. Yeah. Cameron Esposito talked about like how she planned to go uh, be a nun because it was like, that's just what I, I would do because I'm not interested in men and I don't. And I can't get married. That's yeah. not an option for me. I can't have a relationship. So why not like have a uniform give and up not have it. to yeah. make money and just help people Yeah, and be a joyful, meditative person? Yeah. And people are happy to see you and you're mm-hmm. doing good. And, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that. But then at the same time, you're like kind of crushing a part of yourself. Yeah. I knew I knew I could do poverty. I thought I could do chastity. Obedience was going to be a huge issue for me <laughs> because this may not be fair. But I read The Marriage Plot by Jeffrey Eugenides, and he talks about one of the characters goes and works for Mother Teresa. And what you see is, according to that depiction, and I think other things I've read, was that she wasn't really in the business of healthcare or necessarily even relieving suffering. It was to like let people feel loved while they suffered untreated to death, and that that would save them time in purgatory, and that was like a beautiful service. And like, sure, but I think I would rather address up the chain why these people don't have health care. Medicine. Yeah, I didn't think that I would be able to just exist quietly in humble service when I thought there were larger issues that needed to be addressed in a radical way. And I knew that was going to get me in trouble. Yeah, I can understand that. So that um, did not become what I did. But yeah, I would like to... I'm going to be on Liz Winstead's show tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. Oh, yeah. About. I'm, I'm not on it. I'm going to it. I'm yeah. so excited. Um, I did a festival in Madison, and she was the headliner there. And they actually did a panel, and I got to hear her talk. Yeah. And she's amazing. I hope her comedy addresses this, but she's so big. And with this, the Me Too movement and mm-hmm. all this shit, she's like, she's like, I was always the only woman in the fucking room for mm-hmm. 30, 40 years, and it's about time. And I'm not going to you know, sit down and, and be quiet. I'm just going to be out and loud and letting everybody know what I think and what where I think women should be and she's like you you guys should too and it was an all-women's festival mm-hmm. and we were like yeah and we're like ready to but she's a she's amazing she's and so great. I mean co-creator of the daily show yeah. and I, I'd love to hear her whole story and just how that that came to be and especially what barriers she had to break down mm-hmm. that now we probably take for granted don't exist oh, you know sure. and we're like why didn't you do more and it's like you don't know what I did yeah you don't know what it was like truly 
But yeah, I think I think The Daily Show was such a revolutionary, strange thing. And I think in a way it was a reaction counterbalance foil to Fox News where we just made news something that it had never been. And I think we're too much speaking to ourselves and just so indignant and being agreed with. And I, lo- like, I love Samantha Bee. She's amazing. And she did that thing with Glenn Beck. She was like, maybe I you know, could be more conciliatory. But is there someone in a fun, approachable, funny way talking about really well-researched, maybe John Oliver topics in a way that is not alienating to people who don't disagree? And that, I guess that's where your bridge is going to come in. I don't know if I'm the, I don't know if I'm the <laughs> one, but I would love to ask her who's doing that or how she imagines that happening. Yeah, because she's probably got a vision for it, and that's yeah. going to be awesome. I, yeah, I hope we get a chance to talk to her. Yeah. But let everyone know out there where they can find you. LaurenFaberComedy.com. Facebook is Lauren Faber Comedy. Also, maybe just Lauren Faber. Twitter's Lauren Faber. Instagram is uh, Foreign Labor. So foreign Labor. There's a twist. I'm not good at social media. <laughs> yeah, I'm those places. And I, yeah, I do some festivals. I'm going to have to start translating festivals into like bookings in these places where I get money. But I'll be around. And hopefully I will uh, come up with a world peace, and you can find that on a blog. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully she will bridge <laughs> the barrier between conservatives and liberals forever. I'm going to fix it. We can I'm unblock everyone it. from Facebook. <laughs> and bring my mom back. Yeah. She stopped sharing those Russian memes. <laughs> she sent me one that was like, if feminists hate men so much, why do they look like them? Oh, and I was Jesus. like, and we're done. I've <laughs> seen that one. Uh, I am positive someone in St. Petersburg made that. Yeah. No, It's all coming out. It's all coming out in the near future. They tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> They still are. <laughs> they still are. But thank you. Thank you, Lauren, Absolutely. for uh, doing this. Thanks and for uh, good luck at the festival. Thank and I hope you. to see you again. Yeah. All right. Cool. Welcome all the way from North Carolina, Lauren Faber! All right. What's up, Portland? Definitely an upgrade for me. Uh, Let's get down to it. Apparently this is ambiguous, so let me just tell you, I uh, date women. (laughs) Obviously, obviously. Um, I also identify as a woman, which I realize is less obvious than the last thing I said. Uh, I get called sir all the time, um, and that's fine. The other person usually just gets like really embarrassed, and I feel bad. I'm like, no, it's not your fault. Like, I did this on purpose. This is <laughs> this is what I asked for at the barber. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the uh, the only time I don't love being mistaken for a man is in a women's restroom uh, in the state of North Carolina. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> following that that got a little dicey for a while there um i was actually i was in a bathroom once and i was holding the stall door shut for my friend because like the lock was broken and this girl walked in and saw me and was like no (laughs) and she's like oh are you supervising and i was like what (laughs) like you could hear the gears grinding in her head like men aren't supposed to be in here but they are supposed to exercise authority over all areas of my life, so. As long as that's what you're doing. And I was like. Don't you worry your pretty little head there. Because uh, I'm uh, super good at confrontation, real good at that. Uh, <laughs> have you guys heard of like fight or flight, right? The idea that we've evolved over millions of years to be able to make a split second choice, to attack a threat or run away from it. Um, (laughs) 
cool. Um, it's, uh, it, it's kind of an old theory, and I don't know if you guys heard about this in the news recently, but they um, started letting women do science. <laughs> so exciting. Um, and I guess those gals got their hand on that old standby, and they added, uh, they added freeze and do favors. That's just a fact, I thought you'd like that. Um, it's now a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, so. Got options, ladies love options. Uh, I'm a freezer myself, I like to freeze. Uh, especially when I get tricked into a threesome with a straight couple. All right, that's the worst. <laughs> If I had a nickel, you guys, uh, I would have a dime, because it has happened two times. <laughs> so far. Um, <sighs> the first time it happened, I was, in, I was in Cincinnati, so that's on me a little bit, right? Like, what did I, what did I think was gonna happen there? Uh, I was, I was there for school. I wasn't, really, I wasn't really connecting with folks there. I was a little bit lonely, but I was making an effort. So I was out at a bar, talking to a gal. She was pretty cute uh, in, a, in a very tattooed and pierced kind of way, which is fine, Portland. Um, <laughs> it's just not really my thing, because despite being a huge lesbian, I have all the pearl-clutching sensibilities of a 1950s housewife, and I wasn't sure if I approved of that. Uh, <laughs> Very concerned with other people being ladylike, apparently. Uh, lesbian misogynist, you don't see that a lot. There you go, in the wild. Uh, but I was like, I'm so lonely. Um, we're gonna keep doing this. Uh, but then she revealed that she and the guy friend that she was at this bar with were both graduates of clown college. I was not aware it was a thing. It's in Florida, which makes a lot of sense has a ring of truth to it. Um, so I was like, all right, strike two, m'lady. Uh, and then she revealed that her major at Clown College was contortionism. So that was happening, obviously. Oh my God. You don't throw a gift like that back without consequences. I'm doing this. Uh, so I got in the dude guy's truck, and we drove about uh, 30 minutes. We crossed a river. Some of you know that means we had entered the great state of Kentucky, and uh, that was when shit got real for me. <laughs> There's not a lot that can sober a queer up faster than a surprise arrival in Kentucky. I instantly <laughs> had all my faculties restored to me, and what went through my head in that moment was like the headline that I imagined might result from this encounter, which was... Uh, Cincinnati grad student found dismembered in basement of Kentucky Clown Duo. <laughs> and like, honestly, I was more embarrassed than I was afraid. I was like, they can murder me all they want, but they better dismember me real good because no one can know I went out like this. Just let it be a mystery. Uh, <laughs> But I'm not a quitter, so I was in bed with the gal. And uh, I was like, yo, she wasn't kidding about that flexibility stuff. Like, her foot on my back feels so articulate. It's like a, it's like, if you can imagine, it's like a third hand. Uh, it was a third hand. It was definitely a third hand. Um, player three had entered the game. Dude was in the bed. And, uh... 
<laughs> and that moment as millions of years of evolution kicked in and I was like <laughs> pretended to fall asleep and I uh, committed to the bit and that's why it worked you know um, yeah threesome averted that's a tip you guys can use if you're ever in that situation uh, I should tell you, it works about uh, half the time. <laughs> in my personal experience, uh, it happened again just a few months ago. Uh, I was out, there was this guy's like going away thing at a bar and, uh, and his boss and the boss's wife were there and she pulled me aside, but like not very far aside and was like, hey, do you want to have sex with me? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Ah, he's husband's right there. And she's like, no, it's like, you know, it's super cool. Like, it, it would just be the two of us. He's, he's into it. And I was like, uh-huh, just the two of us. Ma'am, this is not my first time to the circus, okay? <laughs> I've seen this one, and I don't care much for it. Uh, and then she reached up, and in this very, like, tenderly maternal way, kind of, like, fixed my hair, and I was like, shit, okay. <laughs> So I got into their Uber <laughs> for about 45 minutes. And um, exactly what you think happened. There's no twist in this story. I'm in bed with the gal. Dude tries to sneak in like I'm not going to notice. <laughs> Trust me, I'm going to notice, all right? I am very sensitive to non-zero quantities of dicks, all right? I keep track of them. I know where they are. Boom. You're not sneaking up on me with a dick. Uh-uh. You don't keep a gold star 32 years with a sloppy dick count, all right? I'm on top of it. Uh, so I was like, I know what to do in this situation. And I just... <laughs> but uh, it didn't work quite as well this time because they just carried on without me right next to me. And I was like, I was joking. I am very much awake. You guys have a great one. This was nice. <laughs> you can keep the jacket. Um, <laughs> I went out on the porch and very drunkenly accidentally ordered an Uber XL. Which worked out because I needed the extra room for my tears and my shame. So that was fine. Um, it was like $65. It was a very expensive, very expensive lesson. But like I learned some valuable things about myself. Um, my mom has this book called Why Your Kid Is Gay and How It's Your Fault. And... Uh, <laughs> The page that she marked with the paperclip says that all this is because she didn't love me enough as a child, which is politically problematic, sad, and definitely true. Oh my God. That is for sure what did it, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> so uh, moral of this story is, ladies out there, if you want some of this, apparently all you have to do is anything remotely maternal towards me. Just uh, like wipe schmutz off my face or tell me I'm a disappointment. And we're going home tonight. My name is Lauren Faber. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And thank you to our sponsor, Think Outside the Bubble Bubblegum. Does everyone in your life come from the same background with the same political views? Do you find yourself just agreeing with everyone? Are you looking to break through this bubble and find some originality? Well, have we got the product for you. Think outside the bubble bubblegum. After five chews, you will be able to think outside the bubble. 
You will gain originality and impress your friends with new viewpoints and thoughts. Each individually wrapped piece of gum includes a New Yorker cartoon that you will understand after just eight chews of our gum. Think outside the bubble bubble gum. And thank you to our guest, Lauren Faber, for sharing her world with you. Special thanks, as always, to Jessa Fallon and Ryan Golub for your help editing and producing the show. Thank you to our friends and supporters out there. You can catch Greetings from Queer Mountain live in New Orleans, Austin, and New York City. Check out our Facebook page for more information. Thank you! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.